Welcome to the Wake Up Podcast. I am so excited that you're here. Listen, these podcasts are best listened to in the morning because we are waking up not only our bodies from sleeping, but we're waking up our minds. We're waking up our focus. We're waking up our calling and we are following the breadcrumbs that God has left for us throughout the day over our life to tell us exactly what to do next. So stop saying that you don't know what to do. Stop feeling overwhelmed. Stop living in the valley and start walking into your calling. So I'm so excited you're here. Welcome to the show. So over the weekend, I went to a women's retreat that my church went to, but there was about 300 women at this place and I've never gone on a women's retreat before. And if you're really close to me, you know that my dream and all I want to do one day is host soul revivals. And I want to have my own women's retreat. I want to rent a mansion in Sedona and we all stay together and we revive our souls while we're there through Christ, um, learning fears, burning them in the bonfire, and just building connections and learning why we go through certain things and the traumas and our identity. And I just think there's something so special about getting a group of women together that are all following Christ. You know, like, it's different when you're on Zoom versus in person and your bodies are together and you can feel the energy and you can open up. And when you stay in a house with someone, I've done this a few times, had these like mini soul revivals in my old company. And when you stay in a house with someone for three or four days, it's a lot different than just seeing them for an hour and then going back into your own place. You're like submerged in this environment. and. I knew going into it that I needed to go. When I heard about the retreat, immediately I was like, I need to sign up. I have to be there. And I just knew it. Like it was an intuitive, no, this is what I need to do. And so I signed up. As it was approaching, my fear side of my brain started kicking in. And it's like, do you really want to go? Like, who are you going to stay with? Who are you going to hang out with? Who's going to drive? Who's going to drive with you if you drive? Like all of these questions and concerns and things, call it anxiety, fear, whatever. And I almost backed out, but I didn't. And I talked to one of the leaders. I'm like, I really want to back out, but I'm not going to. And she's like, you have to go. Like we can ride together. And so I went and the entire week leading up to it, I just kept telling my husband and some of my friends. I just kept saying, I need my soul revived so bad, so bad. And the theme of the weekend was revival, renewer, renewal, restoration. And I was like, this is what I need. <laughs> I feel so exhausted. And for the last couple of weeks, I have been exhausted, like extreme exhaustion, physically and mentally. I have felt so sick. I suffer with a few autoimmune diseases and it just felt like I was like really struggling in all areas of my life. And I was really trying to hold it together, but I am really excited because I just went into full-time ministry work. I have started a ministry at my church. We're about to launch it and do the very first session in two weeks. So we're building a team and we're training everyone and we're planning and, you know, we're, we're, it's, it's an exciting time. This is something that I've wanted to do for so long is start a motherhood ministry and I'm excited. So I naturally want to do it. I naturally want to work. I want to stay up late. I want to wake up early. And I do, I feel like I want to train and communicate and recruit and do all of these things. Cause I'm just inspired right now. I'm just in that phase of my life. And I also have a lot of things on my plate though. I have a book that's not finished that needs to be finished, but there's a lot of things that need to happen in order for me to feel clarity, to keep writing. And so I just keep putting that on the back burner because I, I don't have time mentally for that right now, because we're trying to start up this ministry. 
And I realized that I have a pattern about myself and you might have a pattern about yourself too. But what starts to happen is I get really inspired and really excited. And I say, yes. And then I start working at the thing. And then when it gets like almost done, like almost ready, it's like, I get excited about something else and I start something else and I get that going, kind of push this over to the back burner. So now I'm like, this is like 50% done, but I'm going to set this back here because now I'm really excited about this. And I start this and I work on this and I push this through and then about 50, 75% done. I'm like, okay, I'm going to, you know, push this to the back. Now I'm going to work on my course. I'm going to work on launching clarity calls. I'm going to work on my coaching program because I do want to offer coaching ones, like eventually one-on-one coaching, but it just hasn't made its way on my to-do list. And so I have all these things on my to-do list for my career bucket. So (laughs) Becca says it's me. (laughs) I have all these different buckets. Okay. So I have my, my financial bucket, which is how I'm making money, how I'm able to live my life. But it's also my habits around finances. Like how am I spending? How am I saving? These things impact my finance bucket. And so when I have to do my budget and pay my bills, all of these to-do lists go in this bucket. Well, I also have a family bucket. And there's a lot of stuff in my family bucket. There's a ton. And we talked a couple of weeks ago about spinning plates, just like waiting for them to crash. And so I have a family bucket and my kids just started school this month. And it's a lot of work trying to stay ahead of everything that's happening at school and checking grades and making sure there's no homework and studying for tests and making sure you're reading and um, signing up for programs and putting it in my schedule and making sure I can pick up and drop off and making sure they have everything they need for school, communicating with teachers, helping them through, asking them how their day was, you know, that's a lot in itself. And I don't know whose idea it was to have four kids. (laughs) It was my idea actually, because I had abandonment issues and I just didn't want anyone to leave me. So I was like, if I have four kids, the chances of all four of them moving away from me is very slim to none. So if I just keep having kids, someone will stick around. And luckily I broke my abandonment cycle before I just, you know, turned into a soccer team, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work being a mom. And in my family bucket, it also is planning dinners and cleaning the house and organizing the house and getting rid of clothes that are too small. And going through drawers. And I mean, it's, it's literally never ending. Like a lot of that responsibility of the house falls on us. Like if there's not the favorite food in the house, if there's not stuff for sandwiches, if you don't have a plan for dinner, but then it's also birthday parties. And do you have a gift for the birthday party? And do you have the stuff to make the food and hosting things at your house? And did I invite people? And then don't even put travel in there. Cause that just, That'll just crumble you, you know, getting everyone ready for a trip and getting your house ready for a trip. Good morning, Kat. Glad you're here. Uh, You know, it's, that's a lot. And that's only two buckets. Whether you're a single and you don't have a family, you have a lot in your family bucket because it's not only the family that's underneath you, but it's the family that's above you and on the sides of you, like your parents, your grandparents, your aunts and uncles, your cousins, your people that are like family to you and making sure everyone feels important and special and doing things for them. And like I said, birthday parties and Halloween parties and Christmas is coming up. And so whether you have four kids and a husband, or it's just you and your home, this bucket is still heavy and it's still something that you need to pay attention to. And so these are my two buckets that are the heaviest And then I have a third bucket, which is my faith bucket. And that bucket is actually heavier than I thought it was because as a mom, it's my job to make sure that my kids know Christ and my husband's job. But 
I want to make sure that they're reading their devotionals in the morning. They're reading their Bibles at night. They're praying on their way to school. They're praying after school. We're relating things to God. We're going to youth groups. We're going to summer camps. We're going to Bible studies. We're going to church. We're plugging in to serve at church. We're, you know, just constantly having faith. It's really like the umbrella over all the buckets because I would like all my buckets to involve faith in some way. And also talking about identity and how God made them to be because I'm trying to undo generational curses and because I didn't know my identity growing up, I want to make sure that my kids know their identity. Without a doubt, they know who they are. They know how chosen they are. They know how anointed they are. I tell them all the time, you're going to do something huge. You are going to change this world. And Skylar, my youngest, she's four. I told her this yesterday. And she was like, what? How am I going to change the world? I was like, I don't know. But God has a plan for you. And you're going to do something big. She's like, okay. And I just think like, what if you grew up and you had someone speaking that life over you and telling you like, you're going to do something huge. I can see it in you. It, it would have changed everything. So I'm trying to break generational sense and curses, which is so hard because in order to break it, you need to learn <clears throat> this yourself first, like realize what you don't want to do, realize what you do want to do. You have to be in a certain level of healing and a certain place mentally to be this person that you want to be. And, you know, there's other buckets too, like your friendship buckets and your health bucket. Uh, and I'm not really going to talk about those today, but I noticed that I have been exhausted and that's kind of where I want to talk about because I just kept saying that over and over and over again. And when I went to the retreat, I told a bunch of people, I can't wait to just feel restored after this trip because I need my soul revived. I feel so tired and I can't wait to go home and feel better. And every day of the retreat, it was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Every day of the retreat, I got more and more exhausted. And I didn't know why. And the last day we were waiting for our session to start. And I was sitting on a couch in this lobby in front of a fireplace. <clears throat> I wasn't really sitting. I was like curled up on the side, like with my head on the arm and I had my eyes closed. And uh, one of the women from my church came over and she's like, are you okay? I'm like, no, no, I'm not okay. I am so exhausted. I can't even imagine having to drive home after this. I'm just so tired. And I just kept saying it over and over and over again. And she's like, well, you, you know, we've all had a busy weekend and you just need to go home and get some rest. <clears throat> so I went home and I planned on the entire week sleeping. I was like Monday, all day, I'm going to sleep. Tuesday, all day, I'm going to sleep. I'm like, I just have to like rest. Like I just kept hearing God say, rest, rest, slow down, rest. But it's hard to rest when you're starting a ministry and you have all these kids looking up to you and you have all these responsibilities as a mom and as a wife and you're busy. You have a lot of stuff and it's hard to rest when you're like, I like, okay, God, I know you want me to rest, but do you see my to-do list? Like, do, do you see this? Like, this isn't going to get done on its own. Who is going to do this stuff? And I had a woman tell me, she's like, you have to rest. And I said, I know I have to rest, but I don't even know what that means. I, I don't even know what that means because I, I've been sleeping and I wake up and I don't feel any better. So rest is not sleeping because it's not working. And she said, I have something I want to send you. And so she sent it to me and it was a quote. And it said that um, rest is a weapon given to us by God. The enemy hates it because he wants us stressed out and occupied 24 seven. And I really realized that the hustle culture that we talk about, and I've said that that is just a way to distract us, but when you're living in it yourself personally, and you're feeling this, there's a couple things that happen. So one, you're, you're in an emotional state 
And when you're in this emotion, this negative emotional state, it clears or it, it confuses your mind. And it's not clear when you're seeing things. So out of the glasses, you're, you're not like, oh, I'm burnt out. Okay, I need rest. Here we go. You don't know. You're like, I just don't feel good. I just feel so tired. Um, so you need to be able to see clearly what is happening at this moment. Now, I got home late. I opened up to my husband and I just started telling him how terrible I feel. And I started crying and I do not like to cry. I, if I like to cry, if I'm by myself with God and if I'm praying and the tears just start flowing, I like to cry happy tears. Um, you know, I don't mind crying. I hate opening up myself vulnerably and crying. Like, I just feel like that's so weak. And I worked through this a long time in therapy because I don't feel like it's weak when other people cry at all. I don't think like, oh my gosh, they're so weak. Look at them crying. I think it's beautiful. And I think that it's a gateway to their soul. And it shows that they truly mean this at a soulful level. That's why tears are pouring out. But for some reason, I got this limited belief in my mind that I'm weak if I cry and show emotion. So it's actually a way that I isolate myself is I just put up these walls to my husband and just act like things are fine. Like I, he knows I'm tired. He knows I'm exhausted, but I don't like, I don't share and just like let it all out. And so I did on Sunday night and I let it all out. And I realized once I let it all out that I was actually in the Valley. I didn't even think for a second that I was in the Valley. It never even crossed my mind because I talked before, like once, you know, the goal is to get out of the Valley, but all of a sudden you take a step and you, it's like shoots and ladders. Like you take a step and you land on the slide and you slide all the way back down to the beginning. Like it's literally one step and you're boom back in the Valley. Well, the goal is to not live the next three years in the Valley but to figure out how to get out really quick. And I got to get out of here and I got to get out of this and I need to change things around and I need to get out of this place. And so you did fall back into the valley, but it only took you a day to get out when before it used to take you two months. And every time you fall in the valley and recognize you're there and get out, every time it seems to be a shorter stay, I'm not there as long, but I want you to know that at any moment, this can happen to you. No matter how happy you are, no matter how close you are to God, no matter how busy you are, how focused you are, how inspired you are, how passionate about something you are, it doesn't matter. You can fall into the valley in the blink of an eye. And so Monday when I woke up, I wanted to share this with you. And I wanted to share what I learned about prayer and trusting God over the weekend and control and all of these things. And, and I, I knew that I wasn't ready to share. I, I was still in the Valley. And so we canceled the call on Monday and I took Monday instead of sleeping all day, which is what I wanted to do. And I did the steps to get out of the Valley and I got out and it felt incredible. And so today I want to talk to you about what those steps are because it's very simple. And if you've listened to me for a long time, you've heard these things, but we've never done one specific podcast where it's very simple to do these things. So if you are someone who finds yourself in the Valley often and you're like, oh no, 911, someone help me. How do I get out of this? then you're going to want to bookmark this episode, put it in the notes section of your phone, take a screenshot if you're listening to the recording. It's episode 81 and it's gonna be called 911, okay? And you can fast forward it and listen to the last half because this is what we're about to talk about. And anytime you're in the Valley, you can re-listen to this so you can recenter your mind and remember what you need to do to get out. 
because the devil is trying to keep you in. When you're in a hole, you're closer to the devil. Think about that. You're further away from the light. Now God is in there with you, but because your mind is messed up, you don't realize it. You don't even know you're in the valley. That's how messed up your mind is. And I heard this thing over the weekend that said, uh, or actually on Monday when I was listening to my book and it said, don't ever take advice from someone that's not of sound mind, including yourself. So when you don't have a sound mind and you have all of these symptoms that I'm going to read, you probably shouldn't listen to yourself. Like it's probably not a good idea to take advice from yourself when you're not in the right frame of mind. So the first thing that you need to do, and there's three things on here, when you're feeling any of these things, you need to realize and accept and admit that you are in the valley and communicate it with someone safe. That someone safe might be your husband. It might be your mom. It might be a friend. It might be me. You might not have people. And in my book, I talk about what you need to do if you don't have safe Christian people that you can talk to. And they have to be Christians because you need them giving you biblical advice, not worldly advice. Though meanwhile, but their advice will not be scripture and you need it to be. And you can do that by just starting to pray, Lord, bring me relationships and friendships in my life that are magnetic and that are beautiful. People that I need, people who need me, people who need God, bring me together with my people. I need people. You don't want me to be alone. You say that there's strength in numbers. Bring me a community. And then trust that he's going to and be open when people message you or approach you at church or when all of a sudden you feel in your soul like, I should go to this church. I should look on this website and maybe enroll in a Wednesday night class at this other church. If you have this intuitive response to do something, it could be the action to your prayer. So don't discredit it because I'm telling you, this prayer works big time. This works. Okay. So here's some of the symptoms that show that you're in the valley. You're worried. You're overthinking stressed out, irritated. You feel like you're going to cry, but you keep just shoving it down. Extreme exhaustion mentally and physically. You feel overwhelmed. Like your to-do list is too big. You have too many things on your plate. You're hard on yourself. This is the perfectionist mind that comes in. Like I should be doing better. And your pride is your flesh. And in your pride and your flesh, they think that you're better than you are. So it's like, how, how am I struggling? Like, I need to get this together. Why do I keep struggling with this? So you're going to do negative self-talk to yourself and negative self-talk is just pride. It's the exact same thing. And if you need to get over being proud, then add that in your prayers too. help me with pride, lead me to something that will teach me about pride. Go on Google and type in, what does the Bible say about pride? And my favorite website to go to is called Open Bible because it lists all the scriptures super easy to read. Click on that and read all the scriptures about pride. And anything that jumps out at you, write it on a note card and put it on your fridge. It's really that simple. Um, another thing is you're confused about the future. You start thinking like a lot about the future. Um, like for me, I started thinking about my book and I really need to get this book written and I can't believe I haven't written it yet and finished it. I need to get it out. And then I started thinking about like how I'm going to sell it, how I'm going to market it. Like none of that matters right now. And right now in my mind is not of sound mind. It's probably not the best time to plan my book launch. You know, like, why am I even thinking about this? Feeling very anxious, depressed, isolating. And isolating doesn't mean that you're locked in your bedroom watching Netflix and ignoring phone calls and not talking to people in your family. You can be very busy while you're isolating. And it just means you have these walls around you and you're not opening up to anybody. And you're being very quiet. You're just not very talkative. You're not very chatty. You're a loner. 
And the devil wants to get you alone because you become the average of the people you're spending time with. So if the only people you're spending time with are the devil and yourself, he has you right where he wants you. There is no influence that's going to get in your head. He is just going to keep feeding you these lies and lies and lies and lies. This is also why you need Christian connections to tell you that is a lie from the devil. What you're saying to yourself is a lie that's not true. And because you can't see it because of your emotional state you're in, you need someone else to see it in you. Feeling sick. This is a big one for me. I immediately start feeling sick, whether it's in my head or it's not. I just feel achy and my eyes burn and I'm, I'm, I get really cold and yeah, like I said, I don't know if it's in my head or if it's real. I mean, I don't go to the doctor, so it's not like I'm like, I think I have the flu test me for something. Like I just, I start feeling like I'm getting sick. I wake up with a headache. I go to bed with a headache. My neck is really achy, my joints, my bones, all of this. So these are some of the symptoms that you're in the valley. And like I said, you can be in the valley, even though you're super inspired and excited and passionate, and you're excited about the future and what you're doing. Maybe you started a new business or a new ministry or a new job, or you moved, or you had something different happen. That's kind of brought you to life a little. You can still put a smile on your face and be in the valley. So I was in the valley, I think for the last week or so. I didn't realize it. I was, I wasn't rock bottom. I was just on the path walking deeper into the valley. And on Sunday night, I hit rock bottom. And that's when I realized, oh my gosh, I'm in the valley. The best part about realizing that you're in the valley is then you can make sense to what's been happening to you. Because at that point, you just feel like a couple of things go through my head. One, I think like, oh my gosh, again, am I ever just going to be happy and fine? Like, why do I keep burning out? And am I ever just gonna be mentally well enough? It's beautiful when you realize that you're in the valley because you don't feel crazy. It's not like, I'm a crazy person. Is this ever going to go away? Is this ever going to feel better? And you just keep thinking about it. So when you realize like, I am in the valley, it's amazing because that realization is step one. It's admitting. And there is an entire podcast that I have that is called step one, admitting. So if you want to like really dive in deep to this, the point of this podcast is to give you all these steps close together. So when you're struggling, you can listen to this and remember to pull yourself out. But if you really want to go back and you want to learn all about step one admitting, um, it is episode 34, 34. And it congratulates you for realizing that you have a problem and entering the program. Okay. You're getting out and you're entering the program. Step one is admit. And communicating with someone safe. That's a huge part. Letting them know I have not been well and I'm going to change it. Step two is becoming proactive instead of reactive. And this is what I did on Monday. So you might have to cancel some things to do this. It might not just work out in your schedule where you have nothing to do and it's perfect. You might have to cancel some stuff. You might have to take a sick day at work you might have to cancel plans with a friend or a play date or tell your kids you can't do something. The best part and the best thing to do is to do this the very next day once you realize that you're in this place. But if it absolutely doesn't work, I get it. That can't work all the time with work and schedules. You need to try to do this ASAP. And what you're going to do is you're going to plan this day off from responsibilities and hustle and running around and working and doing stuff, you're going to plan this day ahead of time to work on your energy leaks, which is step three. And I'll talk about energy leaks in a minute, but you have to become proactive instead of reactive because 
when you're in a reactive mindset, things are happening to you and you're reacting. Like the phone rings, you answer the phone, you talk for an hour on the phone to your mom. Then you get off the phone and you're like, oh yeah, I was doing these dishes. And then the Amazon guy comes and drops off your new package. And so you go out there and you're opening your package. Now you're trying on your clothes. Like you can be reactive just in living at home. And you can also be reactive at work. You might be working on a report and someone needs you to come into a meeting. So you leave what you're doing and you go into a meeting. You're reacting to what's being set in front of you. You're not proactive. You're not making a plan ahead of time and saying, with good, healthy boundaries, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that because I already have plans. No, I can't answer the phone because I already have an hour carved in my day to do something else at this time. So I'm going to need to talk to this person on the phone later. And that's healthy boundaries. Boundaries are very good to have because if you don't care about your own boundaries, you're going to just be in reactive mode. And this is going to spiral you into the valley. You cannot feel good about yourself and not feel overwhelmed and anxious and stressed out. You, it's impossible if you're staying in reactive mode. So in order to stop it, you have to say, okay, tomorrow is going to be my day where I'm going to clear my schedule and I'm going to work on my first day of being proactive. Now, the reason why you have to put that in there is because you're being proactive. If you just wake up in the morning and say, okay, I'm going to try to work on these things today. Well, you already have things on your schedule and already have things to do. So you're probably not going to fit it in. And if you do, now you're overwhelmed and it's just another thing added to your crazy schedule. And that's really hard. So something that you need to be proactive about as well is your family. So I needed to figure out on Monday, what are we going to eat for dinner this week? And what groceries do I need to buy in the house so that we also have stuff for lunches and we have stuff for breakfast for myself and my other daughter? And what are we doing this weekend that I need to be prepared for? We're going out of town this weekend. So I need to make sure that we have groceries and all of our camping stuff together. And so these are the things. So what you want to do is you want to set a timer for 10 minutes. That's it. All you need is 10 minutes. And you want to sit down and you can do this. If this makes you feel better on the day that you're like, you know what? Like if I wanted to do this Sunday night for Monday, I could do that. I personally needed to just like sit with my crying brain and just be a vegetable. And on Monday I did this, whatever feels better to you is what I want you to do. Some people, it makes them feel better by getting this all out. And other people just want to like, give themselves permission to neglect it for one more day and then go all in on the next day. So whatever feels better for you, I want you to do what feels good. I don't say that very often. <laughs> Usually what feels good is not the right thing to do. But when you're getting out of the valley, it's very important that you do what feels good. Because if you don't want to do it, if it doesn't feel good, you're not going to do it. And it's actually going to spiral you even deeper. So you have to start making these choices of things where you feel like doing them because when you're in the valley, you don't feel like doing anything besides watching The Handmaid's Tale. Like, I'm like, I have to do something else. Like, come on. So on Monday or on your day that you decide that you're going to do this, you're going to focus on energy leaks this day. Now, energy leaks are things that are draining your energy. Things that are not closed off and, and finished and completed, like the thought of your family asking you what's for dinner. And you're like, I, I don't know. I have no idea because we don't even have groceries and I haven't even planned that. And I have a million other things that I need to do. That's an energy leak is knowing like, I need to have dinner for my family and I don't know what we're eating. Another energy leak is every time that my daughter gets ready for school, she hates all of her clothes and a lot of them don't fit her. So another energy leak is I need to go through her dresser and I need her to try stuff on and I need to figure out what we want to keep and what we don't and what we need to go buy and then go buy it to make our days easier. Another energy leak is the junk drawer in my kitchen that no matter how many times I tell myself we are not going to throw every miscellaneous thing in this drawer, we do and it just gets overwhelming. And every time that I open the drawer to find something, 
it's like a little more overwhelming inside of me and the clutter just drives me crazy. Now, maybe clutter drives you crazy and maybe it doesn't. Some people it does, some people it doesn't. I cannot think straight if things are out of order. I cannot sit down to work and plan and do anything if my house is messy, if things are out of order. It just drives me nuts. It might not drive you nuts. And I wish that I was like you. And that is such an amazing attribute about you that it doesn't stress you out. But again, it's how it works for you. So you need to set a timer. You need to make this list of all your energy leaps. It's thinking in your head, like, what, what is my to-do list? What are the things that I need to get done? I have done this where I've added career stuff to this list. And I've also done it where I've only focused on my personal life. And I've also done two lists at the same time. So whatever you feel like you have to do, uh, I highly recommend making, if you're going to do both, make two separate lists so that you can, you can pull them out of your brain and put them in the category that they need to go to. Um, if you have a career and, and things like that, so you can kind of keep them separate, but whatever you feel like needs to be done in your brain is what you're going to do. And it only needs to be 10 minutes because if it's 10 minutes, it's going to put this hustle in you. Like you're not going to be checking your phone. You're not going to be getting up and getting your coffee. Like you're like, okay, 10 minutes starting now. And you're going to write as fast as you can. Don't try to make sense of what you're writing and don't try to detail it out too much. Just focus on dumping everything out of your brain, like all the things that you're stressed out about, all the questions you have, the things you need to figure out, things you need to communicate, all of this stuff and write it down. Now, when you wake up for your energy leak day, it's really simple. There's some rules that you have to follow. So rule number one is you have to wake up early and early is whatever you think is early. You are not allowed to sleep in on this day. Now you can take a nap on this day, but you are not allowed to sleep in on this day because you need to wake up and get to work. If you sleep in, it's going to be, you're waking up at whatever time you want. It's going to be a little slow moving. You need to wake up and get to work. So this is the hardest thing for me to do. Literally the hardest. And so I started praying that God would help to wake me up. And I would just say, God, help me wake up tomorrow morning. Wake me up with excitement and energy. And when my alarm clock goes off, I'm not even tired. Wake me up. And the prayer works all the time. And when I pray, I get up way earlier, way better than if I forget to pray. So the power of prayer, we just learned in episode 80, in part one, we're gonna have a part two. But I interrupted that series for this because this was just very important. And I knew someone out there was really struggling with this and they had to do this. So you need to wake up early and you can do whatever you want besides, this is rule number two, whatever you feel like doing, you can start doing besides being on your phone, watching TV, being on your computer, and being around other people. So if you have kids like me, you need to get up earlier so that your kids aren't up yet. If you need to wait until they go to school where you're alone, that's fine. But when you start doing stuff, you, you can't be around other people because you don't want anyone else's energy or thought or influence over your life besides God. That's all we're trying to do. You, that's why you can't be on your computer and that's why you can't be on your phone because there are other energies that you're absorbing from doing those. If you start working, which is a habit that I used to get into, I used to grab my phone in the morning and I would check my notifications and I would start responding back to messages. And then I would check my email and then I would check my social media and I would just get into work mode, like right away, all of a sudden. And it felt good. I liked doing that. But later on, it didn't give me the results that I was looking for. And it immediately set my brain on work and to do and hustle and distraction. You need to not let that influence you and pull you down. Nobody feels good when they scroll social media for hours. Nobody does. Even if you're looking at wholesome, good things, your eyes start to burn. Your head starts to feel weird. Like It, it is not good for you to do that. So no phone, no TV, 
uh, you can't be around other people and no computer and you can do whatever you want. So Monday morning I woke up and I was gone all weekend. So my house wasn't as psycho clean as I like it. And so I woke up and I just started doing one little thing. Like I started picking up all the girls stuff that was in the kitchen and making a pile. And I just allowed myself to naturally just do whatever felt good. Like I wanted to switch the laundry. I wanted to do the dishes. I wanted to vacuum the floor. I just, I just let me, I put my hair up. I put on comfy clothes. I opened a window. I lit a candle. I turned on my diffuser and I just started like cleaning and moving. Now you have to do something physical um, to begin. Like you, if, if what you're doing at first, if you want to read, if you want to wake up and read, you can do that. If you want to just have a cup of coffee and sit there and close your eyes and meditate or pray, or you want to go for a walk, or if what you want to do is not cleaning and organizing, that's okay. But you need to lead into cleaning and organizing because there's something that happens in your brain when you're cleaning and organizing the things in your home. One, you're in God's will and you're showing God that you're taking good care of something he's already blessed you with. And that's a big thing. You're showing him, look how much I appreciate my house. I'm taking care of it. Look how much I appreciate my family. I'm taking care of them. Look how much I appreciate my health. I'm taking care of it. We need to appreciate these things. And this is what God wants us to do to be in his will is to be grateful and to feel this way. So you have to do something physical in cleaning because if you want to change your mental state, you have to change your physical state. You can't change your mental state if you never change your physical state. If you continue to lay in bed, you're never going to change your mental state. That's why when you're sick for so long, the advice people will give you is like, you need to get out of bed. You need to take a shower. I know you feel sick. And I know that you, and this is what happened with me with COVID. My mom's like, I know you feel sick and I know that you don't feel good, but laying in bed just every single day is not going to make you better. You have to get up and take a shower. You have to walk around. You have to clean, go stand outside. Like you have to get moving so your brain can start to breathe and have some energy flowing to it. So just start and begin to clean and organize whatever is bothering you. Whatever you like, I really need a vacuum underneath that couch. I really need to pull out my fall decorations. I really need to pay those bills. Um, you can you can organize, you can clean, you can all of that. Now, energy leaks are pulling out your energy. So when you complete these things, think of it as like a styrofoam cup that has holes poked in it. No matter how much water you pour into it, the water's just going to come out. So it closes off those holes and you feel a little better. So on Monday, I woke up and started doing this and I realized that while I was doing this, my brain was just going crazy. I started cleaning out my fridge. I'm like, why is the fridge so dirty? I needed to order groceries. So I'm like, let me clean out all this old food that needs to be thrown away. And then I started cleaning out and scrubbing the fridge and spraying it with vinegar and took everything out. And I was just, you know, let yourself be a little OCD. It's okay. Like just do what feels good. Okay. So I'm doing all this stuff. And as I was doing it, my brain was just like spinning. It was just, it just kept like telling me things I didn't want to hear. And it was like, you really should be writing your book. And how am I going to write my book? And I keep saying, like, I was just thinking about all this stuff. And this is the biggest thing that you need to do. You need to shut off your brain. You need to shut off your brain. And the only way that you can shut off your brain, there's only two things that you can do to shut your brain off. One is you go to sleep. So sometimes going to sleep when you cannot shut off your brain is a great thing to do. If you cannot stop, just go to bed, take a nap. Even 20 minutes neutralizes you because for 20 minutes, your brain shut down and didn't think about this. And so when you wake back up, it's not going to restart immediately at as extreme as it was when you fell asleep. So falling asleep, the second thing is you need to listen to someone else. It is impossible to listen and talk at the same time or to do a good job at it, I should say. And if you are listening to something that is holding your attention, 
you're not going to drift away and start thinking of something else. And the reason why I say it has to hold your attention, because if it doesn't hold your attention and you just turn on the Bible, the audio version of the Bible, and you're listening to it, but the Bible, you have to really intentionally listen to. So if you're cleaning and the Bible's just kind of going in your headphones, it's very easy to start thinking about your list and stress and overthinking and worry. It's easy to do that and to tune out what you're listening to. So it has to be something that's interesting to you because when you do this, you stop talking and you start listening and you want to put in something that's positive into your mind and something that's going to lift you up. Like we don't want to be listening to fiction books and stories and um, uh, crime podcasts and you know all these things. Not like there's anything wrong with this stuff, but you don't want to be doing it in this moment. So what I did is I went to my Audible account. If you don't have an Audible account, you should get one. Your first book is free. And then after that, you can sign up to get one book a month for $14.99. No matter how much the price of the book is, it'll be $14.99 for you. And I love this. And I've been using this for years. And then it saves in the library. You can also listen to this when you don't have service and Wi-Fi. So if you're on a plane or you're somewhere that doesn't have good service, I love it. So I went into my Audible account and I went through and I picked a book that I had started but never finished. And it's a book by Michael Singer and it's called The Untethered Soul. And it is a phenomenal book. If you need a recommendation of something to listen to when you're going through this, it's amazing. And I do have a list and I'm going to tell you guys what they are. And I'm also going to put them in the chat. So if you're on here live, you can grab them in the chat and you can just take a screenshot. Um, but I'm also going to put this list on my Instagram. And if you click on the highlight called The Valley, you'll have a screenshot. I do have a lot of these books listed separately with pictures of them. Um, so you can go on there and you can find my complete list. These are all books that I've read when I was in the Valley and they've helped me. So one of them on here is Present Over Perfect by Shauna Nyquist. And this book literally changed my life. This was the first book I read when I was in the deepest pit of my valley. And I couldn't even believe how relatable this was to my life and how much perfection I really had inside of me um, that caused me to hate myself and not feel good enough for myself and have really low self-worth. And I also was never present at all. I never lived in the present moment. I was literally molded to become someone who thought that being present was being a loser. Like you should always be thinking into the future to be successful. You always need to be 10 steps ahead. And I was really like groomed and wired to go into that mindset through my last career. And I had to unlearn that. And being present is actually the number one thing that God wants you to do. He wants you to take good care of the stuff you have and be grateful for it. He wants you to be present and in a good mood. Those are the things that he wants from you. That is a successful day in God's eyes. So if you need to write that down on a journal or in a notebook and say, this is a, sex a successful day and stare at it. And at the end of the day, look at those things and think, did I do those things? Yes. Then it was a successful day because you don't need to plot plan and scheme. You don't need to work super, super, super hard. You don't need to sacrifice all of these things to get to where you want to go. I hate to break it to you. I had to break it to myself, but I'm really not that good at what I'm doing. And I'm really not that powerful. God is powerful. God will get you there. God wants to get the glory in the success that you're having. 
and your life is going to feel better and you are going to achieve more when you're linked with God. Like Terry said at the beginning of this call, before we started recording, how she said, like, you have to get to a point where you realize I can't do this on my own. I, I can't do this. I need God to do this. And he can do a way better job than you can. A way better job. And what happened and how I got in the valley looking back into this is because I was really just on this journey to find myself over the last year of what I wanted to do with my life. And I wasn't really focused on finances and I was just focused on being happy. Then once I realized I want to go into full-time ministry work and I want to write my book and I want to travel and I want to speak and I want to encourage other people and I want to start this motherhood ministry. I just got overtaken by hustle. And I was waking up early and working first thing. I was staying up late and working nonstop. I was messaging people. I was recruiting people. I was talking to people. I got right back into my familiar old habits of this is what we're doing. And come on, let's go and let's go, let's go, let's go. And my mind is like, let's not like, let's chill out for a second. What are we doing? And I'm like, no, like we got to go. We got to go because I want to finish this book because I want to reach the people because I want to speak on stage because I want to do all this, but it's not in God's timing when I try to control it and push forward. It's like a horse and carriage stopped and I'm behind the carriage trying to push it. Like, come on, we have to go. It's so much harder for me to push it forward when the horses aren't ready versus if I got inside and the driver was like, yeehaw, giddy up horse. And he started walking. And you would get there faster. It's the exact same thing with God. So you have to look back at why were you in the valley? What were you doing when you started to feel like crap? Are you overworking? Are you dealing with control? Are you trying to control everything in your life? Are you hustling? Are you being a perfectionist? Are you in fear? That's a huge thing. You're in fear. You're in fear of no money. I need to make money. I need to pay my bills. We need to get going. We need to write this book because we need to pay bills. We need to have money. We're building a house. We need the money. That's fear. That's fear that God's not going to provide for you. That's fear that God's timing isn't perfect. That's control saying, I don't really trust your timing, God. I need things to be faster. And the reason why you're not achieving this faster is because you're not ready to. And God is still working on you. There are still things you need to learn, things you need to let go of in your heart, intimacy that needs to be drawn closer to Jesus in order for your goal to be met. And, and when the devil just gets in your head, like, come on, let's go, come on, let's go. You know, I heard this thing one time that it said, if the devil can't get in front of you, he'll get behind you and push you. And I am very intentional of not letting the devil get in front of me. I pray for protection every morning. The second something happens, I am like walking through my house, like devil get behind me, get out of my house, get away from my kids. Like I can recognize his sign so quick. And I am like right there, like get out of my face, get off my path. I'm not scared of you. You're not messing with me. You're not taking me down. But he can sneak up behind me on the path and push me every single time. And when I realized that I was in the valley and I realized I needed to get out of this, it all made so much, I was like, I've been here before. This is exactly what's happened every single time. I get excited, I get passionate, I get inspired and I just start running and running and running and running and running and running. And then I'm exhausted and I'm tired. I don't feel good and I'm overwhelmed and I'm a perfectionist and nothing's ever good enough. And the negative self-talk and I'm irritated and I'm stressed out and I'm overthinking and I'm worried and I'm fearful and all of these things happen. It's the same thing over, 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 over again. It's the definition of insanity. If you want something to change, you can't keep doing the same thing and expecting it to change. 
if you keep doing the same thing, you're going to get a same result. If you expect it to be different, why did you think it was going to be different? If your kid keeps getting in trouble in school and you keep grounding him from his Xbox and he keeps getting in trouble at school and you keep grounding him from his Xbox, like that's not working. That's not making him not get in trouble in school. Thinking like, okay, let's do it again. And maybe this time he won't get in trouble in school. That's not working. You need to do something different. And I didn't even talk about coping in the Valley because I guess that's a huge thing to celebrate is that I wasn't coping. You know, I still haven't drank alcohol. It's been like 80 something days. I don't cope with drinking anymore. I, I don't cope with overspending anymore. I, I cope with sleeping. <laughs> like all I want to do is sleep. All I want is my bed. Like, so you might be coping with these things and that puts the devil even closer to you. That's why it's called spirits. You know, it's, it's no surprise that alcohol is called spirits. It is literally connected and you're just pouring it into your soul. So the three things you need to do, you need to admit that you're in the Valley and communicate that with someone safe and let them know how you feel. Just let it out. Let the tears flow. And you can even let them know, I don't need your advice. I just need you to listen and just pour it up. Step two is making a plan to be proactive instead of reactive, planning out that day where you eliminate stuff on your schedule, you set the timer, you dump everything out of your brain. Step three is being in that day, working on your energy leaks while you listen to something. I listened to a seven hour book in two days. I finished the book just from cleaning my house and like organizing and doing stuff around here. I feel so renewed and restored. I feel revived. I feel incredible. I, I felt good on Monday doing this, doing these energy leaks, getting my stuff done, spending time with God, listening to these books, listening to God's word by Monday, like literally through the day. I'm like, I feel so good. I called my husband. And I'm like, I'm having the greatest day. I feel so good that I talked to you last night. All these things I'm doing today, I feel so good. And it, it continued. Tuesday, I felt so good. Today, I feel amazing. And it's just good. Don't let the devil push you. Remember, it's you need to know that you're chosen and anointed. Know your identity. Know who God says you are. And then be still and be in God's will. Be still. It's two of those. Know your identity and stop. Just be still. God is going to work through you and he's going to work through this mess. The best thing you can do is pray. If you feel like you have to do something, pray. And if you missed episode 80 on praying um, part one, go listen to it and you'll learn how to pray for the beginner. So you don't have to live in the Valley for two months. But I have lived there for two months. I actually lived there for three years one time. The first time I realized I was in the Valley, I'm like, I have been in the Valley for three flipping years. Like, why have I been here for three years? I just didn't know how to get out. I didn't know the passageway. I had no idea what to do. This is guaranteed to work. Three steps to make you fulfilled and joyful right now to change everything around this, this will work. This is like the beginner stuff that I tell every single person. You have to admit that you're there. You have to be proactive instead of reactive. And you need to work on your energy leaks. And you watch. If this helps you get out of the valley, please send me a message. I would love to hear it. And if you are someone that is in the valley, make it a top priority to listen to these podcast episodes. This can be something you listen to while you work on your energy leaks. Go through and whatever one jumps out at you, there's a description on each episode. If you feel like, yes, this is where I need to be, pray first that God leads you to the perfect episode for you that you need to hear. And whatever one you feel drawn to, click on it and listen. And I guarantee you it's exactly what you need to hear. I do that all the time. God hears you. He knows your heart. He knows that you want to be well. He knows that you want to change. He does. And he's right there listening to you. It's his promise that he'll never leave you or forsake you. He goes before you, with you, and after you. 
He is all around you. You are not alone. So cast out the devil, tell him to get out of your life. There's no room for him and take a day and do this and feel so much better. I promise you this is going to work. I promise. Thank you for being here today. I appreciate you so much. I love you guys. If you ever want to get on live, you can click the link in my bio and you can click the box and you'll get all the information to get on our calls live if you want to join our community. But thank you so much for being here. Have a blessed day. I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Thank you for listening and spending your morning with me. I pray that God blesses your day and that he helps you to see the calling that is on your life. Lord, help us to be obedient to what you've called us to do. Help us to walk in our day side by side with you and link with your power instead of trying to do it on our own. We know we cannot do this on our own, although we try. Please continue to help us and continue to lead us and guide us. We love you so much. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Have a blessed day. Thanks for being here. Oh, and don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Taryn Sarconi so that you can grow with me and you can learn how to get out of the valley, how to stay out of the valley, and exactly what to do to have the best life ever in 2022.